0: Thankful that you're here tonight. I, word, I add my word of welcome to our visitors. We appreciate that you're among us. And uh, we look forward to being able to get better acquainted with you after our services this evening. I invite you to do the Bible and, and join us as we continue a study we began this morning about having ears to hear. And uh, if you're not a Christian, we want to encourage you especially to become one tonight. That uh, we pray that you'll have ears to hear, that it is, a heart to receive the Word of God and to obey it in your life, to trust. Uh, God in faith to uh, believe that His Son, Jesus, is the Son of God and confess that faith to repent of your sins and be baptized for the remission of your sins according to the Word of God. That you might then be saved by the blood of Jesus, added by Him to His church, and be a faithful Christian, uh, growing and maturing into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ as we read about in Ephesians 4 just now, as, as the Lord has given us gifts so that the body edifies itself grows and matures and prospers in the service of God uh, as each part, each one of us supplies what we can supply for that strengthening uh, in Jesus Christ. So uh, we appreciate that you're here and we invite you to, to, for just a moment, review some of the things we talked about this morning uh, in part one. We, we discussed ears to hear the Word of God, to hear the reproof of sin, and to hear wise counsel. That when Jesus said in Luke eight eighteen, "Be careful how you hear," that uh, that was preceded by the uh, parable of the sower and the seed and the soils. That is the heart conditions uh, that uh, are willing or unwilling to receive the word of God. And uh, an important point was made, and I think it's rightly made, that that through repentance we can change the kind of heart we have. Uh, that uh, it's not that well i'm i'm the, the thorny soil and i'll just always be the thorny soil no through repentance we can we can have a good and honest heart that will receive god's word and hold it fast and bear fruit with patience as luke 8 and 18 says and so uh in in uh, emphasizing listening to god we're Uh, We're talking about having ears to hear. Now, we continue that same basic idea, but tonight we want to talk about especially how that then applies not only in listening to God, but also uh, listening to one another as our passage discusses that uh, that is a vital aspect of keeping the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. As verse 3 has already mentioned, and verse 2 talks about lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering and bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That that these uh, manifestations of attitude uh, and, uh, and, and words speaking the truth in love and also receiving the truth in love is so vitally important for every relationship, including the body of Christ, that that passage particularly describes. But really, as, as we noted this morning, communication is key to every relationship. Our relationship with God, our marriage relationship, relationships in the body of Christ, in the church, our relationships really with our neighbors, even with our enemies. There, is, uh, there are responsibilities that we have, responsibilities we have to always be hearing God, doing His will in all of these relationships. And, and a major part of that, of course, is, is listening to God and doing His will. Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? And so, so, we must not only know what Jesus says, we must do what He says. And that's really about having ears that are ready to hear. The problem uh, is that listening and ears to hear is about understanding what we hear. It is accepting it, receiving it. Uh, Jesus said, "Why?" in John 8 and 43, uh, He said, why do you not understand my speech because you are not able to listen to my Word. I need to be a better listener. I hope that every one of us can say that. We need. I need to be a better listener because I want to improve the relationships of my life beginning with God and the people of God, with my family, with my neighbors. And it requires that I know how to listen. And hopefully every one of us want to improve ourselves in that way. But to do that, we have to know what hinders us. We talked about listening to God's Word and doing it. Receiving its reproof and correcting it. Listening and seeking out wise counsel and receiving it. But there are things that hinder us from being good listeners. And we need to identify those things so we can remove those and replace them with the better things that will enable us to have ears to hear. That is, to communicate by being good listeners, as well as then speaking the truth in love, as Ephesians 4 and 15 says. So let's start by noting that one of the major problems of, that keeps us from listening is because we, we have poor listening skills. We've just not spent a lot of time in trying to develop ourselves to be good listeners. I don't know, maybe it's just something that we assume we just necessarily do. Uh, but like anything else, if we want to be good at it, we have to apply ourselves. We have to exercise ourselves in this area. Some of the verse this verse we, we spoke of this morning, let's go back to it and read a little bit more of it, particularly in this point of view, with this context. It says, Walk prudently when you go to the house of God, draw near to here rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. For a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. One of the problems sometimes with good communication skills is, is we don't know when to be quiet and listen. Because we think that if we just say a little more, uh, maybe say a little more emphatically, or maybe say it in a different way, that, that then then we'll get our point across. But sometimes we, to accomplish that, we have to also uh, be a little be fewer in our words. Let our words be few, uh, and spend some time in listening. Because as he notes, the fool's voice is known by many by his many words. Uh, there comes a point where uh, we, we cross the line over being wise with our words and just showing ourselves really not, not uh, advancing what is wise by our many words. So we, gotta, we need to develop not only speaking, but we've got to develop listening. So why is it that we have trouble with that? Trouble listening effectively so that we can advance meaningful communication and meaningful understanding. What, what hinders that? This was mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a note was given to me and I, I appreciated that because it, it spoke just exactly to this point. And here it is. Here's why we have trouble sometimes. Stephen Covey said most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Or as noted, we don't listen to understand. We listen to reply. That's a big problem. With communicating, we listen to, 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 to answer back. Now, imagine if if uh, just imagine what the difference would make if we listen to understand instead of listening to reply. Getting ready, I mean, I'm getting ready to say the next thing, and I've just forgot, I've just blocked listening what's being said to me. Now, coupled with that is the temptation to think that when we do hear something, the temptation is that, that, well, I understand what you're saying, but it may very well be that I'm hearing, but I'm really not understanding. Now, let me illustrate that point in Scripture. Go back to John 8 with me in verse 43. You see, Jesus said, why do you not understand my speech? And He said, because you're not able to listen. But now, as I think about those Jews that he's conversing with here, uh, and, and he goes on to, to speak to them some other things about it, I, I, it's clear that they thought they understood what Jesus was saying. In verse 48, the Jews answered him and said, Do we not rightly say you're a Samaritan and have a demon? They thought they were right. And Jesus says, You can't listen to my word. But they said, No, we're right. Now, what was the problem? Was it what was being said by Jesus? Or was there something hindering them that was preventing them from listening? Well, we're going to see a little bit more about that in just a second. But the point I'd like for us to make here is that we are tempted, even when we are listening, to say, well, I hear what you're saying, but I'm right. And that prevents us from really listening to understand. All that does is is get us ready to say the next reply that we want to say. So, committing ourselves to listening to comprehend, to understand, will take us much farther down the road of that understanding than simply listening to reply. Look at Matthew 19 and verse 3 as another illustration. I suppose we could point out a lot of examples. but So let's just illustrate this. And you know we could we could probably think a lot of illustrations that would apply to us, maybe in marriage or some other relationship where you know we we make assumptions when we do this. When we listen to reply, we make some assumptions. We assume we know what's going to be said before it's said, or as it's being as something's being said, we've already assumed. And man, we're getting ready to reply. That's not a good listening skill. So we're going to be hindering effective effectively having ears that hear. Matthew 19 and verse 3, the Pharisees also came to Him testing Him and saying to Him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? You see, they wanted to talk to Jesus, but their their motive was to test Him. They really didn't want to hear sincere answer from the Son of God about the matter. He spoke the truth to them But immediately, they reply, well, why then did Moses do such and so? You see, they were about trying to justify their positions and test Jesus to try to to catch Him in something. That's not a good listening skill. Because that's not listening to understand, that's listening to reply. That's listening to get you rather than to understand. I want to listen better. You know, I want to listen when somebody says they don't believe baptism is necessary for salvation. Because if I don't listen carefully, I may miss why they've come to that conclusion so I know how to, from God's Word, properly reply to have the best opportunity to persuade them with truth. I could say, well, you're just you're just full of nonsense. I already know what you're going to say. No, my mind, baptism is for salvation. Well, I know what the truth says, but that doesn't relieve me of the responsibility of listening carefully to understand why a person is where they are to try to speak the truth in love to them, to teach them and rescue them from the snare of the devil. And so it is with every one of us. We've got to develop our listening skills, not our replying skills our listening skills. You know what will help us as much as anything? Or I say as much as anything. Here's something we've got to bring along with a lot of these other things. We've got to listen with dignity and respect for the person that's that we're listening to. We've got to show dignity and respect to our, our wife, to our husband, to our brother or our sister in Christ, to our neighbor, to the person lost, we have to show dignity and respect. When we don't listen to understand them, that's really not very respectful, is it? But if we want to be respectful, when we listeners, we listen with respect and we'll show that. And, and, and working on our listening skills is, is so vital to help us accomplish God's will. Of, of guarding the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, of every part supplying that which we can supply to the increase of the body, to the building up of itself in love. Something else that keeps us from listening. We'll go back to Luke, John eight, and that is our own sin. You know, when, our own sin. When we when we are entrenched in sin, then then that's going to hinder us listening. Uh, just necessarily that's true. Jesus explained that to those people then who they were sure they were right. You're a Samaritan. You, you have a demon. And, and later on, they, they took up stones to, to kill him. They thought they were justified. They thought they understood Jesus. But the problem was, Jesus said, you're of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. So when I, when I want to become a better listener, I need to be careful that I'm not uh, listening to shield myself in some way from some sin that I'm holding on to. Because sin stops listening. It, it's, it closes our ears. He says, you're, 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 your father's the devil. Uh, you're doing His will. Because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why don't you believe me? He who is of God hears God's words, therefore you don't hear. Why is it? Because you are not of God. When I'm an enemy of God in my sin, then then I am preventing the hearing. I need to repent, change my heart to receive the Word, to hear it, to have ears to hear and to do God's will. A lot of examples of this too in the Scriptures. Look at the people who who stoned Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Clearly, their sin caused them not to hear the Gospel. Because when He convicted them of murdering the Messiah, betrayers and murderers, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. Now, they were made furious. They weren't cut to the heart like Acts 2.37 and said, what shall we do? They're cut to the heart and they gnashed on Him with their teeth. They were enraged at Him. And being full of the Holy Spirit, gazing to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And He said, and said, look, I see that heaven's open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. And ran on him with one accord, cast him out of the city, and stoned him. They closed; they literally closed their ears. They they stopped up their. We don't want to hear that. Their own sin, of course, is on full display there, as they would not listen to the reasoning of truth. And their sin just led them into even more sin. A heart that's given to sin doesn't listen to God's truth. Look at this in 1 Corinthians two and verse fourteen. So, so if I'm if I'm having trouble listening, then then I need to do some serious examination of myself. Not well, that person just not listening to me the way they should. No, I need to do some serious examination of myself. What what is it in me? What is it that that I'm doing or not doing that's hindering me from from really listening to understand? Look at First Corinthians two and verse fourteen. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God; they're foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. The natural man, the man who rejects revelation, he he's he's driven by the flesh. He doesn't receive; he doesn't accept the things the Spirit has revealed. Verses ten through thirteen. He doesn't receive truth. Romans eight seven. He does not submit himself to the law of God. He he. He refuses to yield to that. When we refuse to yield ourselves to God's Word, we don't have ears to hear. We're not going to be good listeners because we're going to justify ourselves. And that's the problem here in all of this is our own sin gets in our way. That's why we need to be very careful with ourselves and removing such hindrances so that we can listen to God as we talked about this morning and so we can listen to others. And be a positive impact. Have a positive impact on that communication. In Ezekiel thirty-three, thirty through thirty-three, I think we have another biblical illustration of what we're talking about. That is, in that that passage, God speaks to his prophet about the people coming and listening to him, and there's a basic. Issue here of committing ourselves to hearing and doing God's will. These people, well, let's just see what it says. It says, As for you, son of man, that is Ezekiel, the children of your people are talking about you before the wall, beside the walls, and in the doors of the houses. They speak of one uh, to one another. Everyone is saying to his brother, Please come and hear the word that comes from the Lord. So so the people are saying, Come, let's listen to this prophet. Let's hear hear what he has to say from the Lord. So they come to You as My people do, they sit before You as My people, and they hear Your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart pursue, But with their hearts they pursue their own gain. Now what was getting in the way of them listening, hearing, and doing God's will? They were pursuing their own gain. They had selfish concerns. They were covetous. Indeed, you are as to them a very lovely song as one who had a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely it will come. Then they will, sure, they will know that a prophet has been among them. God says, there will come a time when they'll understand and know that the word you spoke was my word. He said the problem with them hearing Your Word and not doing them is that they, they, they say, come, let's hear, let's sit down, let's listen to the prophet. But then they, 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 they went about their own heart's pursuits rather than pursuing God's will and God's way. You see, again, this gets to the, the difficult matter of examining ourselves and being careful that our heart is right with God. And our heart is right with with, with uh, uh, others, so that we can uh, we can we can accomplish uh, God's will, uh, rather than not listen, listen to reply, advance ourselves, rather than helping us helping each other do the will of God. Well, there's another thing that can keep us from listening. And it comes back to the heart that we were talking about this morning. The hard, unrepentant heart doesn't receive the Word of God. And so it is exactly that heart that Jesus was warning against when He said, having ears to hear, they don't hear. The hard, hard wayside soil of the parable that the Word of God is planted there and it's just picked up by the birds because it cannot penetrate the heart. And when that happens, then I'm not a good listener. If my heart is hard, if my heart is, is unresponsive then I, uh, to God's will, God's way, uh, then, I, then I won't be a good listener. I'll fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. The hearts of this people have grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their ears, I'm sorry, see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. It's God's healing. It's God's blessing that is at stake here. Not ourselves. Not uh, not me, not you. God. God's Word. So, uh, let the Pharisees illustrate this point for us about listening or not listening as the case might be. In Luke eleven fifty two 52-54, we've already alluded to this a little bit, but look at this verse. It's even more emphatic about what they were doing. Jesus said, Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Now, now what have they done to remove access to knowledge? Well, Jesus is going to explain. You did not enter in yourselves. You didn't enter into knowledge yourself. And those who were entering in, you hindered. Well, now, how's one way they were doing that? Well, as He said these things to them, the scribes and Pharisees began to assail Him vehemently and to cross-examine Him about many things, lying in wait for Him, seeking to catch Him in something, He might say, that they might accuse Him. They were keeping people away from the kingdom because they were intent upon uh, upon. Uh, cross-examining Jesus and lying in wait and trying to catch Jesus, because you see their hearts had already hardened to, to the truth. They didn't want what Jesus was saying, and so they they they're just they're just listening to try to catch him in something. So they'll have some accusation to make against him. What an ungodly thing to do for any of us toward anybody. That's, that's the Pharisee. That's not the person with an ear ready to hear. They obviously did not. The contrast is, we're taught uh, that uh, to daily receive the exhortations that come from God's Word and come from one another in God's Word. It says, today if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. Don't be like Israel in the wilderness that hardened themselves and rebelled. Verse 13, exhort one another daily, as long as it's called today, or while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So we have a choice. We can keep our hearts soft to receive the exhortations that come from one another in truth and righteousness in God's will and way. Or we can develop a heart like the Pharisees that said, I've had enough of that, and if we're not careful, harden ourselves to a point where we prejudice ourselves against the truth and against even each other. And we're never going to give a respectful hearing if we do that. A prejudiced heart never gives a respectful hearing to the Word of God or to one another we make up our mind about somebody, how likely are we to give them a fair hearing about anything? If you make up your mind about your husband or about your wife or about your co-worker or about your brother or your sister in Jesus Christ, how likely are you going to really listen to understand anymore? Or will we, we're certainly going to be tempted to be like the Pharisees, listen to accuse... And we need to guard ourselves against that, extremely so. Like, like the Jews in Acts 22. Now, this there's, is there's a, there's a, there's a hard lesson for us to, to, to soak in. It's a hard lesson because you know, it's a lot easier to, to talk than it is to listen to God and listen to one another. So it's, it's, it's not an easy lesson. Uh, but we don't want to be like these Pharisees in Acts 22. Or the Jews in Acts 22, 21 and following, Paul is speaking to the Jews in Jerusalem, and and it says that he said to me, That is, the Lord said to me, Depart, for I'm going to send you far away to the Gentiles. Now, watch this. They listened to him until this word, and then they raised their voices and said, Away with the fellow from the earth, this fellow from the earth. He's not fit to live. And they cried out and tore off their clothes and threw dust in the air. They stopped listening. Why? Because they had prejudiced hearts. When He said the Gentiles, that was was a bridge too far. They weren't going to go there to think that God would send salvation to the Gentiles. Well, in contrast to that, the Jews in Berea were much more noble. It says when they arrived in Berea, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Acts 17.10 and... They were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the Word with all readiness. With readiness. Searching the Scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. And then, many of them believed. Or therefore, many of them believed. So, here are people that were fair-minded. They had hearts ready to hear, ears to hear, and they searched the Scriptures. And it brought many to faith, to salvation in Jesus. You know, if we have a hard, unrepentant heart, then we ought to pause and think about the day of wrath. Because there's a day of wrath that God has appointed. Uh, and that ought to cause us to start listening. If nothing else will. Romans 2, 5 and 6 says, "...in accordance with your hardness and impenitent heart..." you're treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to everyone according to His deeds or His works. If nothing else, realizing that that if I keep a hard heart that's preventing me from hearing God and, 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 and hearing good counsel and hearing reproof of sin, hearing truth, that I ought to step back and realize there's a day I'm going to receive from God a righteous judgment. And there's going to be wrath against that hard and penitent heart. That heart that wouldn't listen to God, that wouldn't listen to to those who were speaking truth to me. So, so and 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 of course we want to speak truth and be heard as well. You know, if we want to speak truth and be heard, we have to be listeners too, as well as speakers. We've got to listen. And a hard heart's going to prevent that. Let's go back to the parable of the sower for a minute because you see the spiritual, spiritual shallowness of self-interest keeps us from listening. Back in Matthew, the 13th chapter, 19 through 22, anyone, we talked about the wayside, but look at 20 and and following. He who received the seed on, uh, on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root in himself. He endures only for a while, but when tribulation or persecution arises because of the Word, immediately he stumbles. And he who receives the Word among the thorns is the one who hears the Word. And then the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire of other things, he says these things choke the Word and he becomes unfruitful. So, so if, if I have closed my heart and I am just spiritually shallow, Maybe it's carelessness. Maybe it's indifference. Maybe it's, I don't want the persecution that comes or the trial that comes with conviction. Maybe it's a lack of interest or attention to spiritual things and allow other things to come in and crowd them out of my heart like the thorns. Whatever the particular thing is, if I remain, if I don't grow like Ephesians 4, like our scripture reading was there from the apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers. If I'm not growing and maturing, then then I'm putting myself in a position where it's going to be more difficult for me to really hear God, hear His Word, hear His truth, receive it, and bear fruit. We need to be using our time and resources, our opportunities to, to be better listeners by seeking first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness, by setting that priority. Uh, As Ephesians four discusses, setting the priority to grow, setting that to mature, priority to mature and to to be an active, uh, positive part of the growth of the body in truth and love. So, so let's let's mature, and as we mature, we're going to we're going to become. I believe we're going to become better listeners as we do that. I think God's word teaches us that. Anger is going to keep us from listening. Anger prevents effective listening. James 1, verses 19 and 20. Familiar verse. We're from, we know what it says. So, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. This is the settled abiding condition of, of, of agitation, of anger, of, of, uh, the, uh, of, of this upset. It will not enable us to listen Uh, uh, slow to speak, slow to wrath, because that anger is just going to prevent us from from really listening to understand. Um, It's a big hindrance. Proverbs 12, verses 15 and 16 says, "...the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame." You know, when we... When we get angry, we've just eliminated listening. I mean, that's when we get angry, we let anger win the win the moment. Then, then we're not listening anymore, and what we have to say is not going to be listened to anymore. So we have to guard against. We have to bring ourselves under control uh, of the spirit of God, of the word of God, of the will of God, so that that we do not allow anger to keep us from doing the righteousness of God, doing what is upright in His sight. We simply cannot communicate with an angry person. And if I'm the angry person, I, I surely shouldn't expect anybody to communicate with me. I'm not going to be effective at all. I'm not going to have ears to hear. I'm not ready to listen when I'm angry. And, uh, and nobody's going to listen to me very long when I'm angry. So, so Ephesians four. Look at this 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 verse that really it discusses it. It says there in in verse twenty nine, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but it is good for necessary edification, building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now, angry words don't produce don't don't impart grace. That's for sure. They are corrupt in that sense. And so, verse thirty one says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor—that is, loud arguing evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. Don't defend it. Don't justify it. Put it away from you and the malice attached to it. And be kind to one another and tenderhearted and forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. It's very clear that if I'm an angry person, I'm preventing myself from being a good listener to God and to others in my life. I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to be uh, part of the solution of Ephesians 4.16 that says every part doing its share causing growth of the body. No, just the opposite. I'm the angry person. I'm, I'm helping to destroy the body. Not build it up. Not strengthen it. Something else keeps us from listening and that's pride. Uh, it's it, just pride. I mean, that. We have to recognize that that uh, when we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, we are tempted not to listen well. Uh, we, we are we, And so we have to work on humility. In marriage, in the church, at work, whatever the relationship is, we have to work on the humility to be able to listen, to communicate effectively and in, in, in godly. Look at Proverbs 4 five through eight. It says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Now this is the Father speaking to his children. Do not forsake her, that is, don't forsake wisdom, and she will preserve you. Love her and she will love you, or she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. And in all you're getting get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her now, to embrace wisdom we've got to have the humility to understand that we're just that we need wisdom it takes It takes humility to to seize wisdom to hear listen to wisdom and to accept wisdom. arrogant conceit refuses to be taught and and, and pushes wisdom away because. Arrogance is, correct, is right. You know, it, it, It's hard for, for pride to admit it's wrong. Even though wisdom will teach us that from time to time, and truth will show us our sin and reprove us. So again, pride is a hindrance. Humility advances our ability to listen and speak so as to promote that which is good. Pride prevents accepting the sound teaching. Look at Proverbs fifteen. We we used this this morning, but see it again in this respect. Proverbs fifteen thirty one says, "The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise." It takes humility to accept a rebuke and not not get our our back bowed, not get angry or upset. It, it takes humility to be rebuked. But if we'll accept it, we'll abide with the wise. Here's wisdom. And here's pride fighting against us. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. So if I'll accept rebuke that comes from God's Word, God's will, God's way, then I'm going to gain an understanding that's going to help me be wise and couple that with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is what? Is humility. God will raise up the humble. He'll honor the humble, which is essential for us to hear Him and to receive His instruction and His wisdom in the things that are good and right. First Peter 5, verses 5 and 6. It's a practical application for us here. It says, First Peter 5 and... and uh, Verse 5, likewise you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Young people need to learn humility to gain wisdom. It takes humility to listen to the older person and receive the wisdom, the instruction that comes. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. God cares for us. He wants to exalt us. And so He says, humble yourself and listen. Listen to me. Listen to one another. Be submissive to one another. Clothe with humility. Pride keeps us from doing that. And we have to we have to work hard at not allowing that to take place. Ears to hear. You know what we do? What what happens? Love listens. Love listens. Love chooses its words to help, to build up, to strengthen, to speak truth. Love, and, and love listens. Look at First Corinthians thirteen four. Love suffers long. Long suffering requires listening. Think about that. To not hastily retaliate, to, to to suffer long in a matter. It's going to take love. And it's kind. You know, part of kindness is is the respect of listening. Hearing one another in marriage, hearing one another in the church, hearing one another on the job. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Love love treats each other with kindness, not rudeness. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. It doesn't keep an account of wrongs. It doesn't have a little ledger book in the back of its mind and 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 let that form its opinion at the moment. No, it, it for, if when it forgives, it, it holds it no longer because it, it doesn't take account of evil. You know why? Because the love knows that, that that were it not for the love of God, its account would, would cause it to be forever lost. You see, so when we, when we develop the love that, that he's talking about, the character of love here, it doesn't keep a, a running tally. It doesn't keep an account. It does not rejoice in iniquity. It doesn't say, yeah, see, I told you so. No, it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. That requires ears to hear one another. Beloved, In a marriage, a husband and wife, they're going to love each other that way. It requires that you listen to each other. That you understand one another. In a church, it requires that we listen to each other. That we let God's Word be the truth that guides us all. That we hear and do His will. James 1, 21-25. Remember, he said be doers of the Word and not hearers only deluding ourselves. He said we've got to look into the perfect law of liberty and and continue in it. That's what we've got to do. Ears to hear will listen and accept. They'll receive truth. They'll study it. They'll receive it. Because you see, that's the wise thing to do. Wisdom listens to God's Word and obeys that Word to save itself. First of all, to save itself. In Acts 2 and 40, It says, with many other words, He testified and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves, or be saved from this crooked generation. They then that received His Word were baptized. They had ears to hear. They received His Word. They believed it. They were baptized. They listened in a way that enabled them to be saved. We've got to listen because we want to be saved. Listen to God and do His will because we want to be saved. We want to be the wise man who builds, person who builds his house upon the rock, man or woman. Wise person builds his house on the rock by hearing and doing Jesus's words. That's the wise man, Matthew seven twenty four. But you see, we also want to listen and obey in order to help each other to speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but to be perfectly joined together in the same mind and same judgment. That takes the effort of ears that hear God and ears that. Hear one another. Galatians six. When someone's overtaken in the trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, looking to yourself, lest you also be tempted. He said, Do that with meekness, looking to ourself, bearing one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You see, if I'm not going to, we're not gonna be able to effectively help somebody who's been overtaken in sin if we don't take time to listen to them. And understand what it is that's brought them to that moment so we can help them overcome it in truth and righteousness. To bear one another's burdens and fulfill God's will, the law of Christ. So, ears to hear is about listening to God. It's also about listening to everyone else in our life, the relationships of our life, by removing things that hinder us. Developing good listening skills. Listen to understand. Not listen to reply. and listen, listen and respond with love. So that each of us doing our part can contribute to the increase of the body, to the edifying of itself in love. If you're subject to God's call tonight to be saved, then we hope that you will accept His Word, that you'll have an ear to hear and that you will repent of your sin against God, and that you will obey Him by confessing your faith and being baptized for the remission of your sins. And if there's sin in your life as a Christian, then we hope that you will hear God's Word and confess it to Him. Repent of that sin, knowing that He will forgive us when we do that. And in receiving His Word, bear the fruit of that repentance in our lives. If we can help you accomplish those things, In response to God's call, we urge you to come. While now we stand and we sing.